This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How many of you guys are glad to be in the house today? I tell you what, God has something in store for all of us, I believe. And uh, how many of you guys were uh, able to be a part of Faith Life Conference? Man, what a weekend. I tell you what, if you weren't here, you missed it. And we told you you would if you didn't show up. So if you didn't, I encourage you to go to uh, the YouTube channel and uh, take the opportunity to listen and, and just take in what it was that was said through uh, just some great ministers. I had the chance to spend some time also with John Tash and just the ministry that took place uh, um, uh, over in the children's department was just phenomenal. Uh, you know, he talked about just some different moments where the Holy Spirit was just working uh, and and ministered to the kids in just a, in a great way. And uh, and so I say all that to say thank you because um, uh, doing what we did last weekend it takes it takes more than you know. It takes quite a bit of finances to to put that on just because of the cost that you have to bring people in and put them up and feed them and things of that nature. I actually was talking to uh, Pastor Monty Knudsen, which many of you guys know Pastor Monty Knudsen and and he was state he uh, stated that a lot of the churches have stopped doing it because of the lack of finances and the lack of of uh, uh, attendance. And so I'm just thankful because in, at Fellowship Church we got a, we have a different story. The story that we have is, is that we have more than enough. We're capable. And uh, thankfully, um, we met uh, budget. We exceeded the budget. And we were able to uh, honor these guys, honor the gift that was in their lives, so into their, their ministries. And so I just want to thank all of you. Let's give everyone in here a hand for doing that. Because... It means a lot to me to be able to represent the kingdom to these men of God as they come and as they're our guests. And so I just want to thank you guys. Today I want to talk to you about uh, something. How many of you guys picked up the notes? Uh, it's a little bit different, but that's okay. Uh, some of you guys, you guys like to draw, and I, I like to draw too. And so I decided to do something just a little bit different today, just with, a, with an illustration that I think and believe that will, it'll help you to just kind of take in what it is that we're talking about. So let's pray and uh, then we'll get into it. Amen. Father, we just come before you today and I thank you so much for this opportunity that I have to just minister the word of God to uh, your children. I just pray, Father God, that as, as, we, uh, as we look at your word, Father, I just thank you that you're going to open up the eyes of our understanding and you're going to help us to see uh, what it is that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Well, today I want to talk to you. You guys can probably see on your notes. Uh, the title of my message today is, I can't stay here. And I'm not sure if this TV's in the right spot. What do you think there, cameraman? Is it in the right spot if I'm standing right here? Okay, good. Okay, well, we're going to start here in Joshua because we're gonna, I, want to, I want to kind of use this as kind of the key text for what it is that we're talking about. So in your notes or up on the screen, uh, we have Joshua 1, 2 through 3. It says that Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan uh, River into the land that I am giving to you. 
I promise that what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, uh, the land will be yours and I will give it to you. And so what we see here is, is that God was saying to Joshua, he was saying a time has come. A time has come to, to move. A time has come to go from this side of the river to the other side of the river. And you guys remember that. Uh, and, and so what he was in essence saying to Joshua was he was saying a time has come and you can't stay here. And you know, when I think about this, 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 this comment of, of I can't stay here, actually this week it was so funny because uh, uh, oftentimes I'll, 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 how many of you guys have ever uh, tried to wake up a teenager? Anybody in here ever tried to wake up a teenager? I have a few teenagers in my house and uh, um, sometimes that job's very, very easy, very, very simple. I, I, I know you guys are gonna laugh at this, but I FaceTime my children to wake them up. I know you're saying to yourself, you are one lazy man. I am one lazy man. I'm, I, you know, I just got up. I don't want to walk all the way downstairs. And so I FaceTime my son, okay? And oftentimes, I'll, you know, it's dark on the other side. I can't see anything because his room's pitch black, you know? And so I say, Andrew, it is time to get up, you know? And most of the time he gets up. Uh, he's he's pretty, uh, pretty good about getting up. But there are days where I call him once and I begin the process of, of getting ready and making the lunch and doing all this stuff and he doesn't come up. And so I call him again, Andrew, it's time to get up. You know, not much, you know, there's not much stress in that moment, but oftentimes if I get to going and I'm, you know, letting the dog out and I'm doing all these things and I look at the clock and I realize we are behind schedule. And so I call him and I'm like, Andrew, you have to get up. You can't stay in bed all day long. You are going to be late, right? So we all, we've all been there when it comes to trying to get our teenager. You can't stay here. You have to move. You have to get out of bed. You have to get to school. We have to get in the car, uh, all of those things. I had the same thing this morning with, with Lauren on our way here because we have to be here at a certain time and sometimes she's late too. So it's like, listen, you can't stay. Where you're at, you need to move. That's the point. We can't stay where we're at. You can't stay where you're at. You know, we, we just got done with great, a great, some great services and, and just the presence of God. And we move, you know, uh, the Lord, I believe, spoke to all of us and, and, and challenged us and helped us and helped us to move. But, but we have to understand that we can't just, you know, say, well, you know, it's good. You know, we're good. We, we have to have this, this mindset that we can't stay where we're at. And so, you know, in this moment where the Lord is speaking to Joshua and telling him, you can't stay here, you have to realize that this moment was kind of, it, it was at the end or, or, or kind of at the end of something. And, and there was a lot of things that took place in the life of Joshua and in the children of Israel in the years prior, you know, in the 40 years prior, there were many things that, that took place. I think when I kind of think about it, I think I'm sure that Joshua was like, you know, this Lord, this isn't exactly the way I thought this would all shake out. I didn't think that this is exactly how this would all come to this place. Yet here he was standing on the, the, the Jordan River and the Lord saying, listen, the time has come. You can't stay here. But what I want to do is I kind of want to look at some of the things that happened prior to this point, because I think that it can help us. It, it can help us to understand that it was not the only time and it's not the only time for Joshua and it won't be the only time for us where the Lord speaks to our life and says we can't stay here and so we're going to look at some things and I believe that they'll they'll shed some light on your journey 
you know, because the journey for Joshua was a long one. I'm sure that there were things that, that he didn't expect. It was a, probably a path that maybe was a little bit different. Um, but I want you to say this out loud. Say it with me. I can't stay here. All right, good, you got it. That's just locked into your brain now. You know, prior to the Lord telling Joshua that he couldn't stay there, there was a journey to get to that point. And so if we, if we rewind, we, you guys can remember that yeah, the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. And they were in the land of Egypt for 430 some odd years. That's a long time. And, and I mean, they were oppressed and they were just in a bad place and uh, they were slaves, they were not free. And so I wanna show you, and, and some of you that are off to the side, you're gonna have to look up there, but they were basically right here. Egypt was where they were. It was Israel. I know this is really very, very elementary. You guys are like, wow, this is impressive. Yes, this is where they were, right? But see, God had a place that he wanted them to be. He wanted them to be in the promised land. And I'm sure that when they were in, when they were in Egypt, they were wanting to be in a different place, right? I mean, they're in slavery, they're in bondage, they're being ruled over, they're, they're being made to do all of these things. And so I'm sure in their mind and in their heart, they're like, I wanna be anywhere but here. I wanna be on a beach, I wanna have a nice drink in my, in my hand, I wanna be by a pool, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna live like this. And so they had their eye on where they wanted to be. But see, my point is, is that there was something beyond where they wanted to be. It was where God wanted them to be, and that is in the promised land. But see, the thing, the thing is, guys, is that just as it was for them, the same thing is true for you and I. And so you can think of this as kind of a map, and I think I've got another slide. This is where you are right now. We're all in a, in a place, we're all in a time, we're all you know, in a certain stage of life, we're all, maybe our marriage is in a certain spot, maybe our kids are in a certain place, and so that's where we find ourselves, and I think sometimes too what ends up happening is, is, is we look to where we wanna be. We look to maybe what other people are doing, we look and, and we yearn for, for that in our lives, and we, we kinda compare it to where we're at, we're like, man, I really just wanna be here. You know, and, and I think a lot of times is that we, we spend our lives looking at where we wanna be. And, and the point that I'm trying to make is, is that there is a place that's beyond where we wanna be. There's a place beyond uh, where we wanna be that God wants us to be. And so, so it's, it's kind of a map in a way. You know, you gotta, you gotta think of it as, as a map. And I know that, that that's challenging. And so I brought a picture to kind of help you with this idea of what a, of a map is. And, and some of you guys may have seen this. Uh, it, it's it's uh, the mission. Uh, for uh, to go to Gap, buy a pair of jeans and uh, buy a pair of pants. And, and so a, a female would start here and they would go all the way through and they would end up spending three hours and 26 minutes and they would spend $867. Now a man would come in, he'd go into Gap, he'd buy the jeans and it would take him six minutes and it would only cost him $33. It's a map. We all have maps. Now, I know some of the women aren't happy with me and some of the guys are like, good job, wanting to give me a high five. So I thought we'd just even the playing field because it is, there is a map for men. And, and that is this one. A woman shopping at Baumgart's. She goes in, she buys what she needs, she goes out the door, 
spends hardly anything. She probably won't even buy anything, right? What's a guy do? He comes in the door. He's in every single aisle, in some aisles three or four times. He wanders around in the out, uh, you know, outline, buys a few things, goes back, picks a few more things out, and then he's out the door, right? It's a map. Where you are, where you want to be, but where God wants you to be. That's the idea of it. It's the map. And I know that, you know, we can laugh, we can, we can chuckle about this, but the reality of it is, is that there is absolutely a course. There is a path. There is something that your heavenly father is looking at in your life. I pray that it is not like a man at Baumgars, right? <laughs> Bouncing all over, looking, wandering, trying to find, that, that didn't go the way I planned. But, but in all seriousness, I think sometimes we do that. We, we don't think about what it is that God wants us, the, the path that he wants us to be on, the place that he's wanting us to go, the steps that he's wanting us to take. And I think that we, we end up getting to this place where we get focused on what we want, where, where we want to be. And so we're, we're so laser focused on that, that, that we're, we're, we're going to here and, and there and everywhere trying to find significance, trying to find satisfaction, trying to find what it is that we're looking for and we never find it. And so my, my, my whole heart behind today is, is to realize that, that no matter where you are, you, you just have to think to yourself, God, I thank you for where I'm at, but I just, I, I'm like Joshua. I can't stay here. I have to be, continue in what it is that you want. And, and so so with that being said, I want you to think about your path and your destiny today. Is it straight? Is it true? Uh, or is it all over the place and there's really no end in mind? Uh, are you on course or are you off course? Are you passionate about what it is that God you know, has laid upon your heart or are you indifferent? Uh, are you focused or are you unfocused? And so I just want you to kind of think about your path and where it is that you are. Because you know, for Joshua, he's, the Lord said to him, said, listen, the time has come and you cannot stay here. There were multiple times in his life that he said that. The same thing was true for Israel, and I believe the same thing is true for you and I, that, that he's saying to us, the time has come, and, and, I, and I've helped you get to this place, but you can't stay where you're at. It could be personally. It could be in your own life, just in some of the goals that you want. You know, the Lord has laid some things on your, your heart. You, you, you believe that there can be more, but maybe you haven't acted upon those. Maybe your marriage is, is not exactly where you want it to be, and so you're, you're in that, that state where you're like, man, I think there's more. I think there's more. And, and so we have to identify and say, you know what? I believe you, Lord. I believe that, that if I want, that you want better in my marriage, or if you want better in my personal life, or if you want better in my business, I have to accept the fact that I cannot stay where I am. I have to move forward. I have to, and I think though that sometimes we, we look at other things and it's like, well, if this would change or if, or if they would change or if I would get this promotion or if, if I would do this differently, then, then God could get me to where I wanted to be. And in reality, God's saying, listen, I need to do a work in you. I need you to be faithful in the littlest of things that I've, that I've given to you so that you can move. You have to accept that and say, I can't stay here. I can't stay with what it is that I've always been doing. I can't stay with, with the, the, the same old habit because God has more. So no matter what it is, 
You know, it could be, it could be spiritually, it could be relationally. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I believe today the Lord's gonna speak to your heart. He's gonna help, help you and just shed some light on some things when it comes to, to that area of your life. So, so let's, let's kind of rewind just a few years here back and look at, at the children of Israel and, and uh, look at a few things and, and pull a few points out. Look at this. In, in Numbers 13, verse one, it says, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each one of the 12 tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he sent out the 12. So here's what I want to see. I want you to see in any of your notes, you can, uh, hopefully it's making some sense, but look at this next point, because where, where they are and where they wanted to be was the promise of destiny. That was the promise of destiny. And so the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, listen, Moses, I'm giving you a land. I'm giving you a land. And so for, for, for Israel and for Moses, that was the promise of their destiny. It was something better. It was something greater. It was something that God wanted for, for them. And, and he orchestrated so many things to, to get to that point. But here he is and he's saying, listen, I've, I've taken you through the, the, uh, the plagues. I've taken you through the Red Sea. I've done all of these things. I've taken you to the Mount Sinai. I've given you instructions. And now here you are. Now send out 12 spies because I want to give you this land. And so we learn some things though, because where God wants us to be is his promise of destiny for our life. And so for Israel, it was the promised land. It was a, it was a beautiful place. Uh, everything that they had and they needed was there. It had the provision and the blessing. And the same thing is true for you and I. When we're, when we're on that path and we're walking on that path, he provides, he blesses, he brings us favor. You know, I think about uh, uh, one of the things that came to my mind in, in thinking about this was when I left home, I left uh, uh, my house that I grew up in and I can remember driving past the driveway and I said, I'm never coming back here and I'm never marrying somebody from here. And I drove away and I went to Tulsa and, and when I got to Tulsa, it was great. There was peace. There was provision, there was a job, there was everything that I needed, it was, it was great. And then I went to Dallas and I was there and, and God's hand was on me and his provision was there and his blessing was there. And uh, when that time came to an end, I was like, okay, I can't stay here. I have to move on. I, and so I went back to Tulsa and I, and I, I did my last year of Rama and uh, was working at FedEx and there was a grace. There was, there was comfort, there was peace, there was provision. But then there came to a time where that lifted and it was time to leave. It was time to go. Just as we talked about with Joshua, there was a time. And the same thing was true in my life. And so I could not stay there. Now I could have, I could have tried to stay there but it would have been against what it was that God had for me. It was, there was better, there was better. And, and, and part of that better is sitting on the front row because God brought my wife to Council Bluffs, Iowa to student teach. And the same thing is true for her because she did not even apply to go to Council Bluffs to student teach. And so when she found out that she had to go to Council Bluffs, she actually wept for days. And, and she wanted to change the place that she wanted to go and student teach at, but there was a, a peace there was an understanding. There was something in her heart that she knew. I don't know what this is all about. It's not exactly what I want. It's not exactly what I expected, but I'm going to go and do it. Well, guess what? It was me. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So 
this promise of destiny, it sounds great, right? I mean, when we, when we talk about it, we think, you know, it's like, oh, it's just like, that's where I want to be. I, I want to get rid of all these problems. I want to overcome all these challenges. I want to just get to this place where it's just glorious and I have everything I need and I have no problems. Well, that's not everything. So getting there is another thing. There's obstacles in getting from where we are to that promised destiny. There's challenges. And so I want to look at, at, at them because, you know, Israel, um, you know, they were, they were just, they were in this place and the Lord's like, okay, it's time. We're going to take you over, send some, send some spies in. And so they send these spies in. And, and what's so sad is, is that, that Moses said, listen, I want you to check out the people. I want you to check out the land. I want you to see how fertile the land is. I want you to bring back some fruit. And uh, so they did that. And these guys go out and they, they, they look at it all and they come back and they're like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's fertile ground, but the people are strong and the cities, man, they're fortified. And to top it off, there's giants in the land. And so what I want you to, the point that I want to get here is, is that Israel's focus moved, it moved from where God wanted them to be, it moved to the focus being on where they wanted to be. Because in the promised land, there was challenges. There was, there was things, there was obstacles, there was, there was fortified cities, there were strong people, there were giants in that land. And, but, but they forgot about the fact that it was a promise of God. He said it over and over and over again throughout the course of time. He was trying to get it into the hearts of the people. Listen, keep your eyes on the promise of your destiny, but they didn't. Their focus became on what they wanted. Their, their focus was on what they wanted. They're like, I don't, I don't know about you, Henry, but I do not want to go over there. I don't want to fight a big person. I don't want to try and scale some wall. You know, and they're talking to one another and they're looking at the, the, their problems. I, yeah, man, I don't, I don't want to do that either. And they're, they're, you know, and it's just a growing, it's, it's growing within their hearts as they talked about it, as they focused on where they wanted to be. I don't want to be there. And, and, and if you guys remember the story, I mean, they began to talk about, you know, eh, you know what, we need a different leader. And you know what we need to do? We probably just need to go back to where it is that we came from. Why? Because they were looking at what they wanted. And the same thing is true for us, that, that we'll fall into that place where it could be strong things in your life that, that, that you feel like they seem to overpower what it is that's going on. It could be a fortified situation in your life that, that seems immovable. It could be a giant problem that you are facing. It could be, though, it could be small things. It could be little things. It could be aspirations that you have to be a part of something. You know, uh, I don't have this in your notes, but First John says that the world offers only only the cravings for physical pleasure, the craving for everything that we see and the pride of our achievement, achievements and possessions. And so the world, man, they, they're, they're just, they're, they're showing us. And, and, and if we're not careful, those cravings and those things become the thing that we want, the place where we want to be, the, 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 we see that and we think that's what I want. And so what ends up happening is, is that we're looking out, but, but we are blinded to the promise of his destiny in our lives because we are so focused on, on what we want and what we think we deserve and where we think we should be. When in reality, that if we would get our focus off of what we want, we get our focus off of the, the things are not, the desires that are not inspired of God, 
And, and we set those things aside and we say, you know what, that's, that's selfish, that's prideful, that's, that's, that's just my own desires, and I'm just gonna set that to the side. Then what it does is it allows us to focus on where it is that he wants us to be. And so my question to you is, is, is your focus off? Is your focus off? Do you, are you overwhelmed by what you see? Are you, are you challenged by the obstacles that are in your life? Have you listened to a bad report in your life? Or maybe you take it a step further, you haven't just listened to a bad report, you've actually accepted and believed a bad r- report in your life. Uh, maybe there's doubt when it comes to something that maybe you prayed about and the Lord didn't come through and so as a result, you're in a place right now where you look at the things of God and you are challenged in, in, in believing him and in, in challenged in, in knowing and, 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 and understanding that, you know what, he does have better for me. You, so you might be there, you know, um, and so we have to understand, we, it's just kind of like identifying where we're at. But, but here's what I want to encourage you in. I want to encourage you in this, that no matter where you're at right now, that, that it's not the end. It's not the end, and, and, and there's more, there is more to this life. There's more to what it is that's going on. It's not over, no matter what the situation is that's going on in your life, there's more. There's more to, to what it is that he has in store. You may feel like you are, you're stuck, and you've been focused on that, but I'm telling you, today is the day where, where he can help you. He can put the key into the key of your heart, and he can unlock what it is that's been holding you back and hindering you if you'll just say yes. You'll just say, you know what, Lord, I, I don't understand understand this and this is where I'm at, but you know what? I believe you. I believe it's not over. I believe there is more for my, my life. And he will begin to do that. And, and as we choose to say, you know what? I'm going to move my focus off of the things that I want and onto the things that you want. I'm going to allow you and I'm going to invite you to, to bring me back onto your path, to move me to your promise of destiny. And so to go along with this, I love what Caleb said, you know, Joshua and Caleb, if you didn't know this, they were, they were two of the 12 spies that went in, right? And so the 10 spies came back and they were the ones that had a bad report. They were the ones that sowed discord and disunity and all of the things that went along with that. But man, Joshua and Caleb, I love these two guys because they, they were just different. And so look what they said here. It says in Numbers 13, 30, it says that Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood up. I've done that before. Have you guys ever tried to quiet your kids? I, I, I try, I, it's, it's, it doesn't work. Right, how about a barking dog? Anybody ever tried to quiet a barking dog? That's what Caleb was doing right here. He tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses and they said, let us go up. This is Caleb, okay? You gotta put yourself in this position. You gotta, like you're sitting right there and like you're listening to Caleb. Caleb says, let us go up at once to take the land. What's he saying? He's saying, man, I am not gonna stay here. I'm not staying here. I don't want to stay here. The, you know, these 12, these, these ten, other 10 guys, they're, they're trying to sell you on something. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. We don't want to stay here. I'm not staying here. We are well able. We are able to go up right now. God promised it, and so I'm not staying here. Unfortunately, that's not how it all played out. It was like a barking dog. So Caleb was saying, I can't stay here. So no matter where you are, family, no matter where you're at in life, you must determine in your heart, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. 
I, I, I know life's been good. Lord, I thank you so much for your faithfulness, but you know what, Lord? There's more. There's more for my life. There's more for what it is that you want. There's more for my marriage. There's more for my family. There's more for my kids. There's more for my church. And I want to be a part of that. I will not just you know, uh, lean back, so to speak, in life and not have this attitude and this demeanor that, that Caleb had, that it's like, man, thank God for where we're at. But guess what? There's more. There's more. And so I'm not staying here. I'm going to where there is more. And so the reality of it is, is that where, where you want to be is really where, uh, you know, it's, and, and I talked about this before, where you want to be is, is it's your dreams. It's your aspirations. But if, if, if my, 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 my point is, is that if you have not gone to the Lord and they're not based off of what it is that he has put into your heart, they're your dreams and they're small dreams and they're insignificant. And, and what ends up happening is, is that we spend our lives trying to do something in our own strength and our own ability. We're trying to make something happen and God's not a part of what it is that's going on. And so we have to just ensure that man, God is right by our side and he's the one that's leading us. He's the one that's guiding us. He's the one that's spoken to us. And if there's something that we're doing that, that he did not tell us to do, we cannot disobey that. We can't do that. And so on the other side, though, of where it is that we want to be, there will be more challenges. I know you guys are like, yes, yes, Brian. Thank you for telling me that there's going to be more challenges on the other side of focusing on where I want to be. And so we're going to look at those. Look at this one here. We're going to have to overcome. We're going to have to overcome these challenges. The first one here is found in Numbers 13, 31. It says, but the other men, right, the other spies who had explored the land with him, they disagreed and said, we can't go up against them we are stronger, or they are stronger than us. And so number one uh, thing that we're going to have to overcome is excuses. How many of you guys make excuses? Come on, somebody. I made excuses this week, right? Oh, man, I went to bed so late. I don't want to get up, right? Come on. There's so many excuses that we're going to have to overcome. And, and I tell you what, man, I think excuses are the biggest thing that are going to keep us from moving. And I'm sure that for the children of Israel, even for Joshua and Caleb, even in, you know, we, we see their spirit, they, they still were challenged. Why? Because they had 10 other guys that disagreed with them. So man, if it's not, an ex, uh, if it's not just a personal excuse that we make, we're gonna have somebody that's close to us that's gonna disagree with what it is. They're gonna disagree with maybe the plan of God for your life. They're gonna disagree with where it is that you're going. They're gonna, they're gonna come against, they're gonna make an excuse. Oh, you could never do that. You're too old, you don't have enough money. All the things that people make excuses for. And I mean, there are many. And so we as believers, we have to just settle it in our heart that man, I am just gonna do everything I can, Lord, help me to not be a person that just makes excuses. Lord, help me to overcome the excuses that I am making in life. And maybe there's an excuse that you're making right now when it comes to where it is that you're at in life, in your marriage, in your kids, in your job place. I'd encourage you, man, write that thing down and cross it out and say, from this point forward, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move past. I'm gonna stop using this excuse in my life because if I do, I'm gonna stay right where I'm at. 
And I don't want to stay right where I'm at. I want to move on to what it is that, that God has promised to me. The next one is found here in uh, Numbers 13, 32. It says, so they spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land where they traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people that we saw were huge. So number two is this, your attitude. Your attitude. These guys, man, they had a terrible report. These 10, these other 10 spies had a terrible attitude, a terrible report. And if you read the, 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 uh, the details of it, I mean, it just spread into the, the hearts and into the lives and into the minds of all the people that were around them. Moses and, and Joshua and Caleb are like, no, 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 we cannot stay here. But, but because of their report, because of their bad attitude, it just spread. And I think that for us, I mean, I, I'm, I mean I've, in this time, I'm challenging my attitude. There's times where it's like, I don't have the best attitude. I mean, anybody else in here want to be transparent with me? Or you guys are just like, I always have a good attitude. Come on. So we've got to overcome our, cha- our challenge of our attitude. The third thing is this, verse 33, that when they saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak, next to them, they felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. And so I didn't put this point in there, actually just kind of came to me last night when I was looking over my notes. Number three is thoughts, but in your notes, you could write next to that feelings. Why? Because they felt like grasshoppers. How many of you in here have ever felt a certain way? We feel a certain way or we think a certain way and we all know what the result of acting on our feelings is. It is not good. It's a challenge. It's an obstacle. It's something that we will have to overcome if we want to move from where it is that we're at to where it is that God has promised to us. Excuses, attitudes, thoughts, and feelings are all things that we are going to have to overcome. A few years back, we, uh, uh, Rachel and I were talking. We're like, we really need to take just a family vacation for just just us. And so, you know, being a good dad and being a good husband, I'm like, yes, we do, Rachel. We need to do that. And so I got online and actually a friend of mine had uh, uh, made a recommendation to go to this place. And so, so I got online and I booked this thing and I thought, look at me. I am ahead of schedule. It is January and I booked something for May. Whew. Look at me, I'm getting better. And so, man, I mean, I just felt so good about myself for, for months. I felt great. And, and then it, about May rolled around and Rachel's like, hey, you know, can you call them and just see, you know, kind of what, what, what kitchen utensils and how much stuff's in the kitchen so that we can make plans and, and if we need to freeze some stuff and make some meals, we'll, we'll know what we got. We'll know if we need to bring a, a skillet or a pan or, a, you know, uh, uh, all of that stuff. And so, yeah, no problem, I'll do that. So I call them up and, and I get on the phone and I'm like, hey, I just call them. We're gonna be there in a couple weeks and, and uh, just wanted to plan ahead here. Just call to see, you know, does the cabin that I rented in January, does this thing now, it has an, an oven, right? And they're like, uh, no, it doesn't have an oven, but it has, a, it has a two burner cooktop. 
And I was like, oh, okay, it doesn't have a, an oven? Really, okay. And I was like, okay, well, surely there's, surely it has like a, a, fri- a refrigerator and a freezer and you know, we can bring some frozen items and you know, we'll just cook it in a pot instead of an oven, right? And, and they're like, well, yeah, it's got a refrigerator, but it's, it's a dorm fridge. I was like, a dorm fridge? I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I mean, the wheels are turning inside. I'm like, now, wait a minute. What did I book here? So I asked them, I'm like, okay, I, I care about my wife and the kitchen, but what about the air conditioning? Does it have air conditioning? No, it doesn't have air conditioning. What? What did I just book? I mean, I was just like beside myself. I'm like, what did I do? I didn't, I didn't look at the details. I didn't look at the pictures. I'm thinking to myself, I spent a, just a bunch of money on this place and I'm locked in. There's no way out. I mean, my thoughts and my feelings were all over the map. And so, so we drive eight hours out there and we get out there and we pull up and we drove through through an Indian powwow. There were all kinds of Indians having a party, right? And they were doing, I mean, I've never been a part of a powwow, but they were going for it. I mean, you could hear it through the van. And, and so we're, you know, we're kind of looking and we're like, oh, oh, oh that, there's, there's the cabin. And it was right next to this powwow. And I pull up and I'm like, I was like, you know what? Let me get the gun. I'll go in and just check this out before I bring the family in and so I get the key and I put it into the door. I will never forget it because I, I kicked this door open and there's cobwebs and stuff and I, and I kicked this door open and I look in and I'm like, uh, no, we're not, we're not staying here. And so I get back in the van and we drive back to the thing and the power was out so there's no lights in the whole camp. And I just, I'm like, I, I, I drive past the sign and it says KOA camp. And I'm like, you moron. You're, you're at a campground, you know? And so I go back to the front desk and there's no lights in this place. And I say to the lady, I said, I, I walk up to the desk and I said, I, I went and checked out the cabin and I can't stay here. Okay. I, I, we are not staying in this cabin for a week. She goes a week. I'm like, what do you mean a week? Why are you questioning my, what I just said? She goes, well, most people only stay three days. I'm like, now I get it. Right. <laughs> So I said, I don't care what it costs, okay? I've got a credit card and I am willing to swipe this thing for the best, the most luxurious accommodation that you have in this fine facility, but I am not staying in the cabin that is up on the hill by the Indian powwow. And she said, I'm sorry, that's all we have. So I had a, I had a, a, I can't say I had a good attitude, okay? Talk to my wife after service. It was a struggle. But you know what? We booked in, or we got in there, and we, uh, we made uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I somehow, somehow miraculously packed $300 worth of groceries into a, man, FedEx just came through, and I just packed it in there so consistently into a dorm fridge. I just pulled it off. It was great. And then we uh, uh, didn't have candles or matches, so we used uh, solo cups, no, glasses, and uh, the light of our phone to eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It was the beginning of a great, great vacation. It really was. And honestly, you know, I, I say all that to say, right? I say all that to say that, you know, in the midst of it, it was challenging. There was obstructions. There was, there was things that we didn't want to go through. It was not what I thought. It is not what I paid for. My good Lord, I will never do that again. But 
I gotta tell you, that week was great. I mean, we had a great time. Our family, it was, it was the first vacation that we had together as a family, and my kids still talk about it, and, uh, and we just had a great time. And so the same thing is true in our lives, because we're gonna come into these times where there's challenges and there's obstructions, and, and things aren't gonna go the way that we think that they're gonna go. But man, God's still with us. He still cares about us. He still has a great path, a great, a great plan, and a great place for each and every one of us to live and to walk and to, and to, um, to walk in. And so we just have to determine, we have to determine that we can't stay here, right? We can't, I can't stay where I'm at. And we as a, as a family, as a, as a couple, as a church, we can't stay here. We're going to move on. We're going to move up. We're going to move to where it is. And Joshua and Caleb, they had a different attitude. They focused on the positive things that God said. They, they spoke the promises that he had made. They trusted his word. They obeyed his instructions. And so uh, here's why we can't stay where we're at. And the reason that we cannot stay where we're at is, is because it's bigger than just our little world. It's bigger. It's, and and, and, and pro, the problem is, is that we're right here. We stay right here, we focus right here, and that's about all the farther we get. I, I was, when I was praying about this, I just thought to myself, man, how many people live and die? They live and die, and they're so focused on what they want their little world, their little time of existence, their little, their little time on this earth. And they never see past it to, to where it is that God wants them to be. And, and, and not only that, it's not just this great promise of destiny that he has for, for each of us, but there's other people's destinies and other people's lives, other people's stories that God wants us to be a part of. It's, it's, it's so much bigger. It's our kids. It's our grandkids. It's the neighbors that live next to us. It's the people that we, we come into contact with where we're, we're a part of that, 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 that grouping of people. But we never make it to here and our influence never spreads because why? We're stuck right here and we're always looking at what we want, what we want to do, what we think we deserve and we never move to that place where God wants us to be. God's desire is not just our little world. It's like Matthew 6, says, I love this verse, it says that he's gonna give you, you focus on me, I'll give you all the other things. All those things that you want, you think you gotta have, if you'd focus on what it is that my destiny is for your life, I'll give them to you. You'll find yourself, when you're in the middle of God's promise and his destiny for your life, you'll find that all the things that you desire are already in your life, and you have them. You just don't have to live your life focusing on getting them. You just have to live your life focused on living in the destiny, living in the promise, and following him. It's so much greater. It's so much greater, and it's so much bigger than the world that we live in. Look at, look at this. We have to understand that our destiny is a part of something greater. Look at what it says here in Numbers 14.33. It says, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last day, last of you lies dead in the wilderness. That was to the 10 spies that did not have the attitude that Joshua and Caleb had. Joshua and Caleb, had the, they had the attitude, they said, we're not staying here. We cannot stay here, we have to move forward. And, and for these 10 spies, it was different. Why, because God told them, he said, they will pay. The generations that follow you will pay because of your faithlessness. And so in your notes, 
this. Faith, faithfulness affects generations. We don't have to be like the 10 spies. We don't have to be like the 10 spies and, and, and our faithlessness, our generation, my, my, my kids, my grandkids, the generations that follow in this house, in this spiritual house, they don't have to pay for our faithlessness. Why? Because we're determined, we're determined just like Joshua and just like Caleb that we're not staying here. I'm not staying, I'm not just gonna roll back and be comfortable with where it is that I am. I know that God has more, there's more for my life. And so faithfulness affects generations. I'm gonna live my life faithful, faithful to my family, faithful to my wife, faithful to my church, faithful in my department, faithful to serve, faithful to give, why? Because it's so much bigger than just my life. I want my life to be a representation of his destiny that is upon my life and for you too. I want you to to walk and live in the same thing so so that when you get to heaven, he can say, he can bring up this picture and he can show you all of the other people in your life that you influenced, that you had an effect on. Why? Because you lived here. You lived where it was that God wanted you to be, not where you wanted to be. We gotta move. We can never be static. We can never be stationary. We can never just say, well, that was great. Let's just, you know, camp here. No, 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 we're, we're taking another step. We're moving up a level. We're moving to another place. We're looking to him. We're asking the Holy Spirit to lead us, to direct us, to guide us. Who is it that you want me to speak to? Who is it you want me to talk to? Who is it that I need to share? Is this the person that's standing on the other side of the counter? Is this the person that I'm shaking their hand that you want to say something to their life? I want my life to be a representation of the promise of your destiny upon my life so that my destiny can influence the destiny of somebody else so that I can help move them to where they are to where they need to be in his plan and in his purpose in life, amen? So I wanna be a part of that. I want this church to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. And so we have to, we just have to say in our heart, we have to have this attitude that it's like, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here. I'm not okay. I mean, there is an element of contentness, okay? I'm not saying that we shouldn't be content because we need to be content. Paul talked about being content, but, but I, I gotta tell you, Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit. They had something that was in them that, that, that when it came to doing the will of God, following the will of God, obeying the will of God, they weren't okay with it. They weren't okay with where they were at. They were never content in in their followership and their discipleship of God. And the same thing is true for you and I. We can never come to a place where we're just okay. And we're just like, well, I made it this far. I'm saved, I've been baptized, I've served for 35 years and I just stepped down from that. I'm filled with the spirit, my family loves God. And we just say, well, that's it. No, that's not it. There's more, there's more for your life. There's more influence, there's more destiny. I was just talking with uh, one of the ministers this week. They were talking about Lester Summerall at 53 years old or something like that. The, the, the group of churches that he was a part of said, you're done. They told him he was done at 53. He did more in the years after that. We're talking millions, millions of people saved. The, 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 the influence and the impact of the death. Now, if he, would have, if he would have been at that place when he was at 53 and said, you're right, I'm done, this is just where I'm at. This is just where I'm at. No, he, he's like, no, I ain't staying here. 
I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward. I'm going to move on. And, and, and that's what he did. And so there's a place of great destiny for you, your family, your marriage, your kids, and this church. So we have to be strong. We have to be courageous. We have to be careful to obey. We have to follow his instructions and grow in his word. I want to do that. Man, there is, we're praying right now. We pray every single week and we, there is, and, and we pray on Wednesday nights and there is just an unction for this region. I mean to tell you, I'm so thankful for, for the, the influence that we have in this region. 30, 30 communities are involved or represented in this church. That's great. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not okay with that. There's more. There is more influence. There's more impact. I'm not satisfied with, with just influencing a few people in those 30 communities. No, no, no. This church is going to grow in its influence. It's going to grow in the number of communities that it reaches. It's going to grow in the, the families and the kids and the students that are going to come into this church. Why? Because there's a promise of destiny that's upon the lives of families that we don't even know. They don't even come to this church yet. But it's up to you and me. It's up to you and me to see to it that we are walking a life of faithfulness faithfulness to pray, faithfulness to give, faithfulness to serve, faithfulness to go, faithfulness to speak. So let's do that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today. You're so good. You're so good. And Father, there is a true, true destiny that we want to be right in the middle of as individuals, as husbands, as wives, Father, as a church, we want to be on your path, on your map, right where you told us to be. We don't want to step off. And if we have, Father, I just pray that you'll help us. You'll help us to get back on to that. Because, Father, we understand and we know, just as we have seen in the life of Caleb and Joshua and the children of Israel, Father, that, that there is a plan. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. But, man, you're with us. You're with us and you will, you'll be behind us and you'll help us. You'll protect us and you'll guard us, Father, in our, in our endeavors. God, I just thank you for the great plan of destiny that you have for this house, for these people. And God, I just pray, Lord, that as we, as we walk this out, that you will help us to, to live in strength, just as Caleb and Joshua did, that, to, to have that attitude, we cannot stay here. Thank you for strengthening us to do that and to live that way. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we would never want to, you know, let somebody miss an opportunity to get right back with God. If you're, if you're far from God and if you, you've walked away from him and he's, he's not a part of your life and you want to get back in right standing with him, today's the day. And so if you're here, you say, Brian, that's me. I want you to pray with me. If there's anybody here, just raise up your hand. We'll pray with you. Maybe you haven't given your heart to Christ. Is there anybody at all? Okay. Thank you, Father. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this time today. We thank you for the, the word that has been sown into our hearts and the challenge that you have placed upon us to live and walk and move in your will and your promise of destiny for our lives. I thank you that you're doing that. Thank you, Father, for these great days ahead where our influence, we will see, we will see, yes, we will see these people come. And we'll love them. We'll disciple them. We'll show them. This is where I was at. 
But you know what? God has a better place for you. And I just thank you, Father God, for helping us to do that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Amen.